Hey, you there. Yeah, you. Ever feel like you know too much about celebrity gossip? Movies? TV shows? And even music? All things that people deem unimportant. Well, you've come to the right place. Here at Trivial Lore, I discuss all things that are utterly useless, but otherwise make me happy. Let's start the show. podcast. I'm your host, Cherry. So I've been seeing a lot of discourse online about what everyone's favorite tropes are in regards to men and leading men more specifically. Um, I know a lot of people gravitate towards the grumpy and like, you know, the standoffish type of man, but I want to talk to you guys about a different type of man um, and a different type of trope that I strongly believe in. Um, I love characters that are labeled as such this can also go in to tie in with himbos or golden retriever type tropes of men but i want to talk about pathetic men um and there's different varying degrees of pathetic men in this trope right so we have the emotionally vulnerable this is someone who is you know wanting to bear their soul they want to you know make it known that they're like this warm character um, and they don't care how it comes off. Um, they don't care that they're viewed as, you know, somebody who is a little bit needy or a little bit too in touch with their feelings, etc. which you can never be too in touch with your feelings. I don't care what anybody fucking says. Um, and everybody should be able to have emotional vulnerability, especially in romantic relationships. And we see this more commonly in more comedy, rom-com sort of um, writing or even sometimes in like dramas. Um, it just depends on the situation and the context, obviously. But these emotionally vulnerable characters usually don't start off at this place, right? But so much buildup and so much pressure then they you know, end up bursting and becoming so emotionally vulnerable and burying their soul um, that it's almost endearing. And I personally love this, um, like I said, in rom-coms, romantic situations, um, literature, etc. It's just so refreshing to see that, like, the she fell first, he fell harder kind of trope. Because um, I feel like those go hand in hand with the emotionally vulnerable um, one of the pathetic men tropes. Um, but then you also have the absolute fucking cowards the people that don't stand up for their morals um don't stand behind the decisions that they make and they're just pathetic in the sense that they're so wishy-washy um and like so unreliable and there were a couple of you know people when i did this poll on instagram um there was a couple different suggestions um and people different people have different degrees of pathetic right so like my what i would define as like a pathetic man would be like steve from sex in the city right um he's pathetic in the sense that he is always bearing his soul to miranda and always wanting to make the first move and always the one that's admitting his feelings first right even though he's done wrong by her on many accounts and if you're a sex in the city fan you know that all too well um but then you have the absolute cowards that just back out and like literally cannot stick to their guns. Um, and those are more represented and I would say like more of like a Dan Humphrey character. Like you're trying to play it cool that you're something that you're not. Um, and that was suggested in the Instagram poll, which I found fucking hilarious because when you think about it, Dan Humphrey 
is undeniably pathetic in the reserve that he is so wishy-washy and becomes a chameleon he's almost like a brad pitt of gossip girl right like i don't know if you guys have seen the memes of brad pitt literally matching the aesthetic of every partner that he's been with but that qualifies as pathetic and in a cowardly sense because you don't see the authenticity of their character right it's just whatever that they're fronting or they're putting on a mask for um and it's like I said, it's downright pathetic, um, but it is refreshing to see because I do love the contrast of like what a normal male character is seen as like, you know, always brave, always sticking up for people, especially in like a leading sense. Um, and it's just so there's something about it that itches my brain when you just find out that actually this guy that they're portraying as such is actually just a big piece of shit. And it's a little bit humanizing. It's a little bit humbling to see, um, but it's definitely appreciated. And then just the last one, like I said, kind of ties in with the golden retriever himbo kind of um, perception that are put upon these men, but like just losers, like just losers the way God intended. Um, and loser in the sense of they really don't have much going on, kind of oblivious, kind of just taking these walks of life and seeing where life leads them. Um, and I love a good loser character. I don't give a fuck. Like there's sometimes like it is just good to see a nice side character or a nice mean lead main character that kind of doesn't give a fuck is just a loser, just drifting through life. Um, and just pathetic. Like nothing ever seems to go his way. Um, and he's kind of just a backseat, you know, a, ba a backseat writer on his own life. And I would closely associate this with if anybody's seen, seen Infinity Pool um, with Alex Skarsgård's character. I cannot remember his name in the movie, but he just is he's like a third party observer in his own life. Like there is no executive decisions that he makes. He's just a loser. He follows with whatever somebody is saying to him. It's just it's just refreshing. It's refreshing to see the roles reversed in a way that shines a light on women making the big executive decisions. And maybe that's just because at my core, I just love to see women succeed. Um, call me, you know, like <laughs> throw me in jail <laughs> if I love to see it. But, you know, I just really like to see the contrast. And with the pathetic men tropes, we're able to see a different side of male characters that don't usually get so showcased in a lead role because like i said most of these guys are portrayed as like brave heroic um you know um all-encompassing and like stand on their ethical ground and you know they're not wavering etc so i like to see that contrast in them um and like to tie it all together like why are we not seeing 90s R&B revitalized like begging and singing in the rain music nobody is like making romantic music anymore people are making let's hold on let me let me clarify people are making sexy music yes but people are not making romantic music um and I can kind of closely associate this to you know like kind of the dad like yacht rock there's a lot of just like and like just R&B in general um, from the 90s and then backwards there's just a lot of like pining and you know like wanting to make your feelings known and conveying that through a song and there's just so much like beauty in admitting your feelings and like people just aren't doing it in music anymore and it stresses me the fuck out because it makes me think like are we 
really doing anything romantic anymore like guys like where's the romance and that ties in with another conversation of you know how casual dating is just more casual than ever and that's cool if that's like your jam and everything but the, where, where's the romance damn it where's the where's i don't know i don't know it's just a complex conversation to have i just wondering if like anybody misses like those good like long love songs that don't involve like you know talking about like you know i want you back because you cheated on me blah 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 like all this like all this like cheating discourse that happens on twitter and like tiktok and all this shit like we're doing a lot of talking about dating and ain't nobody fucking dating like traditionally like we're having all these discourse and all of these conversations online that don't fucking matter if nobody's actually applying it you know nobody's actually going out of their way to show romance you guys are all just fucking talk on the internet like it's just nauseating it is it really is um and your fingers will be doing the talking but when it comes to actions nobody's really showing up you know nobody's really being pathetic because being pathetic's not cool anymore um and personally as a pathetic girl myself a pathetic lover girl i'm always gonna do the most pathetic thing i'm always going to go out of my way to make my feelings known even even if i get stumped or i get fucking trampled over because it's happened it's happened i know who would have known that me you know the hot leo just kidding um gets it gets ragged i mean like everybody gets rejected but it's like displaying those feelings making them known like when do we all collectively decide that like it's not cool anymore to show anybody love like that's so fucking whack to me like I want to be singing in the rain outside somebody's house at like three in the morning. Like, come on. Like, why? It, it's just, it's nauseating. It really is. Um, but with that in mind, I mean, like, in all seriousness about like dating and who you can pull and if you're compatible with people, I just want to know what celebrity that you guys think that you can pull. Like, off-cuff, like, you know, if you met them at, like, a random bar, right? Completely out-of-left-field scenario, but you met them at a bar, you know, you see them across the room, you make eye contact, you're about to go in for a conversation, and you know it could lead to either you guys going on a date or hooking up that night. What celebrity do you think you could pull? Like, just purely off of the fact of, like, what you know of them, like, socially or, like, through interviews or, like, personality type. Like, me personally, I genuinely think, and this has nothing to do with Zendaya, but I think that I could pull Tom Holland. Perf- like, just plainly based off of, like, interaction and conversation I know I could have with him. I think I could pull. I genuinely do think that. And... This is no disrespect to Zendaya because obviously I can't even, I I can't compete where I don't compare, okay? But literally, if I'm thinking in that scenario, it could be Tom Holland. Another one I think I could pull is Tom Hardy. Now, a lot of people can pull Tom Hardy because you know what? I think that is a gentle and genuine man. And I don't think he discriminates in the sense that it would take a lot for him to not like you. Um, because I feel like he just loves people in general that like he could be easy to pull and that is with all the respect in the world because I think Tom Hardy has intense sex appeal 
and you would have to literally just be off-putting in general not to pull Tom Hardy but like if I saw him from across the bar yeah I'm going in I'm gonna give it my best shot and I think I could pull I think I could pull another one um I think I could pull is Amelia Clark now once again personality warm I think we could have a lovely conversation of multiple conversations about literally anything and I could somehow convince her to go on a date with me I genuinely believe that I would love to give it a shot so Amelia if you're free let me know we can discuss quite literally anything under the sun I'm free this Friday this Friday I am free um so just hit my line but that's who I also I think I could pull um and I just want to know who everybody envisions that they could pull if you know you were put in the same room as a celebrity you know what I think I could also pull Dylan O'Brien but that's because that man's a slut respectfully and I mean that with all the love in the world but it could be pretty easy it could be pretty easy you just gotta lay a couple jokes I feel like he's a silly goofy kind of guy and he dances as long as you got like a good dance routine prepared or like a good joke for a setup or I feel like he kind of has like a little degradation kink like that's just this is all hypothesis right I don't know these people I don't know what they're really like but like based off of what I know and like being on the internet for like <laughs> damn near like 12 13 years like it's a wrap I think I could pull um but yeah I mean this is all to say that you know I want to know who you guys can pull who you think you can pull please hit me up on the trivial lore podcast Instagram I want to know your guys's answers I'm genuinely curious and I want to see if it's also a possibility for me because like those are just the ones that come off the top of my head but like I'm genuinely curious to see everybody else's answers and I like also kind of low-key want to like do pairings in my head with you guys the celebrities so definitely hit my inbox on Instagram trivial lore podcast um and I want to know I want to know but to the next topic of conversation I want to talk about finding community within the art and music scene specifically in Orlando um I feel like it is hard I'm just going to cut that part out. I'm just going to cut it out. I don't really want to talk about it. And today's episode is going to be a little bit of a short one, but I just want to wrap it up with like talking about the rewatchability of shows. So like what are some things that qualify as a good show in my brain? Um, and for cartoons specifically, I think like things in the realm of like Bob's Burgers or King of the Hill where like you don't have to be emotionally invested literally 24 7 when you play each episode back to back but it's just such good either background noise or it's just comforting um to see like these funny scenarios that they're placed in and they are pretty pretty weird scenarios that they're placed in right um with like situational humor i find those the best shows to rewatch, um and they have like the biggest ability especially because like someone who like loves audio stimming and like hearing the same things over and over again just scratches my brain um i love like the voice acting in bob's burgers and king of the hill because they're so unique in that everybody has like a specific voice um and they don't all clatter together and like sound the same um so for like to me to hear that like i can still engage like listening to it but not have to be like emotionally invested with like visually watching it as well while I'm doing tasks like around my house or you know cleaning up or doing work or something like that so those are like 
those are very like good rewatchable shows i will also throw in a honorable mention to it's always sunny in philadelphia because that one also there's some episodes where i can like tune out and like i don't have to stay invested in the entire episode but then there's some that like they just say some off the wall shit and then like you're automatically reinvested into the storyline and these are like all shows that i have watched several several times um and of course like the you know like the cartoons themselves like spongebob is also an honorable mention just because like the audio itself once again i think it's more like audio stimming for me like to hear the same lines or like the same funny delivery repeated over and over it helps calm like the anxiety in my brain which makes it rewatchable for me um which is great but like sitcom wise i do love like golden girls also probably an audio stim because like once again there's just like certain things that you gravitate towards because of what when you grew up or what you grew up on um and golden girls is definitely one that like i can just have on all the time and like genuinely enjoy it from start to finish and since i have such bad anxiety i am constantly re-watching shows just because it's hard for me to start shows i'm um, and finish them just because the anxiety that builds up and like trying to find out like what happens at the end or like closing out a show is just so nerve-wracking to me and like sometimes i just won't complete a show i won't and i've done it several times and my friends fucking hate me for it because i will get as like a one and done and that's it like you never have to see it again you never think about it after like the first week you know kind of forgettable shows but sitcom wise golden girls is always going to be it one day at a time i literally rewatch that all the time um such a good such a good sitcom and like a heartwarming sitcom and like a newer one too right that's like not overly zany and like overly annoying um and like honorable mentions obviously would be like the office or parks and rec um but i really stray away from like rewatching those now just because it's become an overkill um because the office seasons right where steve carell's not in them it's just so not worth it and it's like to have to go through and like emotionally invest when you restart and then knowing that steve carell's not going to be there by the end it's just not worth it it's not worth it um but then like lastly like rewatchability of like movies um i can always watch princess diaries like in a heartbeat and be entertained even if i'm not like actively watching it the entire time i definitely love having that on repeat in the background um and rewatching it constantly um also willy wonka in the chocolate factory that's definitely an audio stim because like some of the things that gene wilder says just stick in my brain and it's just so satisfying it's so satisfying um and then what's another one i feel like there was one more oh shrek of course shrek one and shrek two um i literally could recite both those movies front and back from the beginning just starting from my brain i don't even need to hear like the first audio clip um so those are definitely like rewatchable movies for me um and they're just like light and like fun right like i don't ever really rewatch sad movies unless like i'm trying to bring myself down right like my go-to rewatchable movies are not sad movies and i feel like that's like generally the criteria for people like you don't want to rewatch something that's sad um unless you're a sad person which I, at the end of the day like i totally get i totally understand but i want to know what like everybody's like 
go-to rewatchable shows if you do rewatch stuff um because i know a lot of people love like discovering like new shows and they're not really into rewatching. so like why is that why don't you rewatch shows and then like if you do rewatch shows and movies like constantly like me like what are your go-to's I'm genuinely curious. Um, I want to see where everybody's mind is at. Like, what is your default? That's like, that's such an interesting question to, to, you know, pose onto somebody. It's like, what is your most rewatchable content? Um, so yeah, this one was kind of a short episode. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed all the topics I discussed. Like I said, hit me up on my Instagram, Trivial Lore Podcast. Um, and I'd love to discuss like any of this further with you guys. Um, this week was just a light little breeze through. I'm trying to get back in the swing of things. It's hardest when you know you're your own worst enemy and don't want to create content. But I forced myself today. And I want to challenge all of you guys to take the time to do something you love this week. That's a passion project of yours that you might have been holding off just because you know life gets in the way. But, you know, just do something for you this week. This is my do something for me. And I know that's going to, you know, bring me joy and bring me back to, like, the community that I'm trying to cultivate with this podcast. Um, So, yeah, just do that something for you this week. And I hope to see you guys, you know, back next week with another installment of the Trivial Lore podcast. Um, And I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Um, And, yeah, love you guys. Bye.